Hello there, this interview that you're about to hear was originally done by me, Sam Roscoe or Chris Prince for the Blue Moon podcast sometime between 2009 and now. That means if there's anything that sounds a bit out of date or if there's anything that's an obvious topic that we've not asked the guest about, it's probably because the interview is from a long time ago. This show is basically the Blue Moon podcast interview archive. All of the new interviews that we do with former City players and managers will go live on the Blue Moon podcast first, so if you like what you hear then please go and subscribe to that and there's a new show every Friday with a look at everything on and off the pitch for City. But for now enjoy the end of this generic recorded message and enjoy the interview with the person whose name is in the title of this episode. I never thought that, I mean truly I thought the game was over to be honest um, but you know, as I say I mean I think it was uh, United a few days earlier didn't they when they'd, they'd beat uh, Bayern Munich come back and uh, and there again City, City done the same thing but it was a remarkable day. Um, I mean, I always sort of think to myself, well, it was me, I'd put City back on the map, and if it weren't for me, City wouldn't be where they are now, and they wouldn't have the players they've got now. But um, no, it was, a, it was a great occasion, and uh, just some of the stories that I you know, keep hearing from City fans, how they were on the underground, they're on the trains, and just pulling the, the cord and jumping out and running back up the railway line and going back into the into the stadium. And uh, I think even some people thought they, thought they were losing, you know, um, or got beat. You know, travelling home, thinking they got beat, getting back in their cars, and then realised they, you know, got through on on uh, penalties. But that um, no, was uh, it was a great. Oh, that always lives in my mind. Obviously, because it was my first ever Wembley appearance. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to, to referee at the old Wembley and and, and um, been lucky to referee twice at the new Wembley. Now, one of the, I always put interviewees up on the, on the forum and on Twitter and, and things like this, and ask if anybody's got questions. And the biggest question from City fans has always been. Where on earth did those five minutes come from? Um, I mean, if you if you go back, I remember they uh, they run they run the, um, the 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 DVD back on the game, and um, I mean there was we had sort of uh, goals goal scoring celebration. I mean, I think I remember one of the team players jumped and ran right away to the uh, to the crowd. You know, it's a long way from Wembley, wasn't it? You know, so uh, from from the pitch. So in that we had uh, cautions, we had substitutes, we had a little bit of time wasting. So I think, all in all, I think I should have played about nine minutes. But um, you know, um, it, it was it was it was proper. You know, it was uh, it was one of those things that uh, you know, a big game like that, you had to make sure you had to play the the stoppage time because there is a big thing on how much stoppage time we play now. You know, sometimes clubs do complain that we didn't we don't play enough. So now uh, at full time, when the when extra time has been played and we've we've had the penalty shootout, did you realise then how important that was to City that turnaround then? Um, no, I mean obviously you don't because you just you, you don't think about how important it is to, to to one club. I suppose it's important to both clubs because obviously you know coming back into the up into the next tier. So uh, so you you just focused on, on on what you're doing and focus on the game that you're refereeing. Um, it's not until you know you finish the, the shootout, the penalty shootout, how important it is to to the side that's that's won that won the game. And uh, just looking at Wembley as a whole, what's what's the difference between the old Wembley and the new Wembley from kind of the man in the middle? Um, I mean, it's, it's still it's still the same, isn't it? In in the middle, but I think the surrounds and and you know the hospitality and and all the facilities for everybody's is second to none. You know, I think uh, you know everybody loves coming coming to Wembley now, don't they? Because it's a, it's a fantastic yeah, fantastic stadium. We, I mean, at first we're all. Bit um, sceptical, thinking, "Oh, do we want to do we want to replace our Wembley? You know, the old twin towers and 
because what you know, everyone recognised when we through the Twin Towers, but um, I think now, I mean, it's been well worth the wait. I think it's a, a fantastic stadium. Okay, and just just looking at refereeing as a whole, then now, um, what made you take up refereeing in the first place? Um, I just thought I'd, I'd got a bit fed up of playing non-league football, and I just wanted to put something in back into football, and I thought I thought refereeing would be the ideal opportunity for me, and that's how I ended up becoming a referee. And did you when you started? Did you did you ever expect to be refereeing Premier League games every week? Um, not not really. I mean, I had an ambition. I thought to myself, you know, I'll give myself three or four years, see how I do. If I enjoy it, I'll stick it. If I don't, I'll just go back to playing or, or something. But um, you know, I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. I've played. I've played the game at a good level. I don't mean to say that uh, um, referees uh, would make a good ex players would make good referees. Um, but you know, luckily for me, it, it worked. How how hard is it then when you when you take up the whistle you walk out onto the pitch how hard is it to 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 to, to referee a football game? Um, I mean, uh, I mean when I first coming up through you know um, through the uh, when I first started in the Hearts County League on because you're on your own I I, I was used to spending the, the dressing room with like. 13, 14, 15 other players, you know. But uh, but when when you're on your own, when you when I was refereeing, I first started. You, you're on your own. You just sit there. You're on your own in the dressing room. So you got you got Billy No Mates. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, but um, I think where I come from, I mean, people recognise that I played the game. So I, I mean, I, I, I didn't really have a problem. I just went out and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed I enjoy sport. I enjoy football. And I just didn't a referee with a smile on my face. It's important. And where where do you stand on the video technology debate? Um, I'm most probably a bit more. I mean, for me, I mean, I know this is my own personal opinion. I know others disagree with me, but um, for me, I'd, I'd like to see it come in for everything. I you know penalties, tight offsides. You know, um, was it a denial? Was it a sending off? Was it not a sending off? Was there a defender covering? You know, because we have to make that split second decision and if we send someone off and it's not a denial we get penalised by our match assessor who goes home and watches a DVD and then makes a decision you know or he listens to what's being said on match of the day or Sky Sports and then they, they mark us accordingly and if they think we've got a key match incident wrong we get unsatisfactory report so if they have the use of technology and having the use of a DVD why can't we have the use of a DVD um, or, or, or like we have in cricket we have in uh, rugby union, rugby league. They go to the video referee. Why can't we do that? So I'm a great believer now. If we are assessed and and uh, our performance is measured on our key match incidents and by looking at the DVD, then we should have that opportunity to go to the third the the, the referee. Is is that where we can stand? Help? Is is that where we can help referees out more? Do you think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, definitely. Because obviously, it's, it's it's big, big business now, and it's not a sport, really. Is it? It's, it's it's big, big money, and it's to, to, to clubs, you know. Now, if you think this this season's um, playoff final was worth ninety million pound to Swansea, it just goes to show, doesn't it, how much money there is in it's sort of in the game. Where where do you stand on on helping referees out? I mean, do do you think the rules of football, for example? I mean, we look at the offside rule, for example, is that's so open to interpretation. Do you think do you think we can help referees out more by by tightening that up, for example? Um, I mean, for me, I mean, um, I think the offside as it is now, I mean, it opens for for more for more goals, and that's what we wanted, didn't we? We want you know, just get it, it's put it into perspective. We're in the entertainment business, and the football fans pays a lot of money to go and watch football so you want to be entertained um, 
the offside, I think, like, I think yeah, you know, it's in, as long as you interpretate it, right, I think we, we, we're trying to be too clever and to make it too too difficult. You know, I mean, I think we, the, the the offside was brought in, not interfering, was interfering, was brought in from like the, the late 70s, 80s, where you had someone that was offside on the far side and the ball was played down the near side, he was onside, he was off and the flag would go up. Now, that's what it was meant, for my opinion, that's what it meant to stop, but I just think we're making things far, far too difficult and technical for our assistants to, to call because it is very, very difficult now. You know, I mean, I couldn't be an assistant referee now. I just, I mean, for me, they do a fantastic job, our assistant referees. Yeah, they get the, get the odd one wrong now and again, but, you know, they've got a split second decision to make when that ball's kicked. So how much, players are so quick now. So how much help do you get from your assistants then? Um, I mean, we, obviously they're there to assist us. So obviously they they make their their call is on the offside. They have, it's their it's their call. Offsides are their decisions, you know. And obviously, yeah, hopefully they you know they they come in and help us with other decisions as well. And that's and that's what you want from a a, a, a good assistant referee. So it's a teamwork, really. It's teamwork. And um, moving on to to yourself as as a person, um, you've been refereeing for 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 quite a while, and then August two thousand and nine, uh, you suddenly had the news that you'd mm. uh, you got throat cancer. I mean, how how much of a shock to the system was that? Oh, it was massive. Well, it was obviously a massive shock. I mean, I obviously when I found out, you didn't know whether I was going to survive. You know, I had a, a friend's um, mother who just who had cancer nine weeks ago. Found out she had cancer nine weeks ago, and she's she's, she's unfortunately passed away. So, you know, for me, I didn't know whether I was going to survive or not. Um, and as I say, I'm very lucky to be here. Um, I was only a matter of time away from not being here. But I say, I think I've got that, uh, the Christie and Professor Timonish to thank for, for saving my life. And what what was it like when you got the diagnosis? How were you, how did you feel then? Uh, it was funny because um, on the... On the uh, on the Friday when I found out before the opening day of the season at Goodison on the 15th um, and refereeing referee the game which I shouldn't have done I know I shouldn't have done because I was, I was ill um, I, I didn't really think about when I was out there you know I, I wanted beforehand I just I, whether I should have done it or should I should I have done it should I have not done it and I shouldn't have done it but you know if I'd made a big error then everybody would have gone back to oh he should never have done it because of his illness but I thought that was going to be my last ever game of football I wanted to finish off, you know, the 2009-10 season by refereeing, and you know, if it'd be my last game. Um, but when the once the game ended, that's obviously when I started thinking back. So I knew on the Monday I was going in for surgery to remove the tumour. And how much did getting back to refereeing drive you through through your recovery? Uh, I think that was one of the main, um, you know, inspirations to get me back. Really. Um, Wanting to get back on the pitch again, um, and that's what that's what drove me. Obviously, I had lots of support from from fan, from the northwest, from you know, city fans who hold me dear to their hearts, and obviously United fans and Everton, Liverpool, all around the northwest, Bolton Wanderers, and you know, everyone in in, in northwest was an inspiration to me, and I, and I didn't realise I was so popular and so well liked as a referee. So they 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 helped me as well. You know, I just wanted to get back on them to to be an inspiration to people. Um, there was dark days along the way when I never thought I was going to make it, um, and obviously coming back, trying to get my fitness back, it was just I, mean, I just broke down so many times. You know, I just with all the treatments I'd gone through, um, and even now, you know, I have problems now with my throat, with because well, I've got no saliva, and my mouth's so dry, and trying to get a drink on board during the games, and 
you know, doing numerous fitness tests and keeping myself fit, which is I find it very, very difficult. But you know, I, you know, you're a long time retired, aren't you? So uh, I, I just keep going and going and 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 working hard to to to, to maintain my um, my fitness. It is di- it is difficult. As I said, there's many been many times when I didn't think I was going to make it. Then you, you had the news that it was in remission. Mm. How how did that feel suddenly to to be told that uh, such good news after a period of, of some dark times? Oh, it's, oh, it was just fantastic. It was um, you know knowing that uh, you know it, it'd gone, and and my professor Tim Millage couldn't believe it had gone. He, he he didn't think deep down. He kept telling me I'll be back, I'll be back. But I think deep down he knew I wasn't going to referee. He didn't think I'll referee again with everything that I'd gone through. And um, I was just sheer elation. It was absolutely, it was lots of tears, lots of tears, and you know, I felt like I won the lottery. Well, I've got, you know, I've got a second chance in life, haven't I? And then you pass the referee fitness test, and all of a sudden you, you you're able to, to referee again. Back in, yeah, it's just simple, easy as that. Um, yeah, I mean, the last season in the Premier League, uh, last season, I, I I found myself, I think, under a lot more pressure than any other referee. Um, you know, certain people in the game, certain assessors, um, kept referring to my fitness. You know, because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not as fit as I was when I come back from an illness. And yeah, well, of course, that's that's, just, that's easy to say that, isn't it? It's easy. So I was, I was disappointed um, from some comments I got last season. Um, but I was on, on, on the whole, I was well pleased with the way I came back and refereed and. You know, I was proud of myself, and as I say, you know, I just had to make sure that I tried not to make too many mistakes because I know what would come come back at me saying, "Oh, you know, he's, he hasn't recovered from his illness; he shouldn't really be refereeing at this level." So, you know, whilst the media can be kind to you, we all know what you know. The media, once you start making errors, how how unkind they can be, you know. Like I say, I always put the uh, interviewees up on on the internet who I'm going to be meeting, and one of the overwhelming messages to pass on from City fans has been to wish you the best in, in yeah. your recovery so um, I, I think it's I, I think it's kind of a measure of, of, of popularity among the fans maybe I don't know um, but they, they've all said to, to wish you well in your recovery so I know it's just, yeah it's fantastic I'm going to say we seem to have this uh, affinity with um, myself with, with City fans and I know it goes back to uh, um um, Wembley '99, and uh, we recently had a dinner at um, at, uh, at City. You know, um, reliving the uh, the cup final. Last year, Roberto Mancini was one of my special guests, and he was fantastic. You know, come we raised a lot of money for the Christie, and we'd, you know, hopefully we have another dinner at Sir Lancashire County Cricket Ground, the Points, and uh, hopefully Jose Mourinho is going to be the. Uh, the guest in in October November. Hopefully, keep our fingers crossed. He's promised me he's going to come across. So, uh, but um, yeah, I mean, obviously, the City fans have been been great to me. To be honest with you, as as the other half of the city's been as well. You know, you, you know, because Sir Alex Ferguson came as well, and he was guest of honour, and they were both fantastic and both two great gentlemen. You know, even though we we give people, they, you know, a lot of fa- your fans give him stick, and uh, their fans give your guy stick. But I mean, down to it, off the pitch, I mean. They're two fantastic people, and uh, and people shouldn't forget that really. But um, as I say, I, I owe a lot to to the the fans of Manchester and the North West because they've been brilliant with me. And uh, hopefully, I see them back at uh, the the not the Eastlands anymore, the renamed stadium. Hopefully, I can be there. Uh, hopefully, I see them there this season, and uh, we'll have carry on our rapport. 
And uh, just a, just a couple of refereeing questions in general to finish, because mm. we uh, we might use these later in the season. So you know, in, yeah. if, if there's a, an incident that we uh, uh, that, like the rules need clearing up or something like that. Laws, always, uh, always the laws. Always the laws. laws sorry, yeah. Um, one of the things that I wanted to ask you is how difficult is it to to not be influenced by the fans? Well, to be fair, you, you you're totally focused on what's going on, and you you don't you don't hear you don't hear comments or the noise from the fans because you're just totally focused on what's going on and engaging with the players and and you know managing managing the event managing the players and you're talking to the players so you, you don't really hear what's coming from the terraces and that's and that's the truth so there's i mean cries for red cards and and instead of yellow cards over decisions like that they're, they're not no no because nine times out of 10 you've instantly made your mind up what you're going to do you, you you know as soon as something happens you can tell you, you know you can tell what if referee's going to send the player off or not nine times out of ten can't you you know when a referee's going to send the player off and it's the same when we're, when we're decision making you give the decision and you know straight away what you're going to do sometimes you you know when you walk into the instant you have a bit of thinking time but generally you know exactly which going to be a yellow card or a red card one of the things that comes up a few times as well is um, you hear commentators on, on games say um, that maybe the referee's balanced out his decision. That how, how much of that thought process goes on in your mind? Not, not at all. Absolutely not. So when they say things like that, they're talking, they're talking rubbish, to be honest with you. No referee balances any decision out. You know, as far as he's concerned, you know, he's, got that decision, he's made that decision and, he, and he's correct. Now, obviously, as we all see back on Match of the Day or Sky Sports, and cameras and camera angles show something different. But referees don't know that until they've gone home and watched the DVD. So they, there's no way that referees balance things out. No. How can we? How can we make it easier for referees to get more decisions correct? Do you think? Um, it's, well, it's, it's, it's difficult. I mean, as we say, as we said before, should we go to uh, technology? Just like we do in the same rugby, cricket. You know, do we go that way? But then, you know, you take away the chit chat afterwards, don't you? From all the programmes, and uh, you know, we're only human. We get that to make us to make a decision. You know, we haven't got a cam camera at every angle. So, you know, how many times you at a game saying, "Oh, referee, he's got that wrong," but you go home on TV and you watch it and he's got it right. How many times are you looking at about ninety-seven percent of refereeing decisions are correct?